for things. Show it's 1025 the bone 727 579 1025 or 800 771 1025. Jericho and his band Fozzy tomorrow night, Orpheum, Ebor City. Right now, this is great. This is uh Dorothy Carvello, she was the first woman who is an AR person. The AR people, are, let's find out. AR people, in my mind, they always deal, they're like the the Take care of the bands. Yeah, what you do you guys I mean? need? Right? What can we get you? How do we get you here? Here, this is all taken care of. Dorothy, how are you? I'm good. Good morning, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, I'm excited. I remember uh, a couple of months ago when we first read the stories, the excerpts that were coming out from the book. I was like, this <laughs> this sounds great because in this industry, we kind of we kind of have a little insight into what the record. I mean, we don't we don't deal much with the record companies anymore, but what that lifestyle used sure. to be like. And I've been doing radio. Sure since 1992 and i've seen how that relationship has changed and uh it, boy that's a dream job though when you get it right that must have been so much fun in the beginning it, yes yes i mean it is the dream premier job at any record company to be a talent scout and work with artists and um, it is a lot of fun and we used to have an expression just think we could be working in a bank yeah, you know, yeah. every day we, we <laughs> you know every day was the greatest day to come to work we do things sometimes here on the show, and at the end of this, we at the end of the show, we go, you know, that was our job. We just got paid for that. Right, I mean, it's yeah. the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> uh, what exactly, was your exactly? What was your first job in the in the record industry? What did you, how did you work your way up to A and R? My first job in the record industry was secretary to the chairman of Atlantic Records, Ahmed Erdogan, and that's um, eventually how I got promoted because I had access to him every day. Um, which I don't know was such a good thing. <laughs> what, what years were that? Like, we, cause 87. I started in 87. We all I know. For several, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, we all know his name and we all know who he is, but he really became famous to people that didn't know him when the Ray Charles movie came out. And you got to see yeah. a depiction of what I thought was a nice old man who really just wanted the best for Ray <laughs> until your book came out. <laughs> Yes, well, Ahmed, I have to tell you, no artist could out-drink him, out-party him, and uh, that is for sure. He was he was like a, he was an artist, and we all had to manage him every day. The guy was a party animal, and he definitely had more stamina. I mean, I started working for him. I was twenty four. This guy could go and go. I would be like, please let me go to bed at two o'clock in the morning, and he was still raring to go, and just on 24 hours a day, you know, which is also part of the problem. Too. Was he hitting on you? Know? you? Uh, well, look, if we were in a club, he definitely was all over me, grouping me, you know, in the nighttime hours because he was wrecked, yeah. you know, but during the day in the office setting, you know, there were pe- always people around, but look, he had a lot of uh, girlfriends, you know, he had an he, open relationships with everyone. He was, you know, dated artists. He just was amazing. I mean, I, this guy really, he, he would have never lasted today. No, <laughs> no. I mean, he was, there were some great stories in this book about uh, cocaine and hookers two at a time. I mean, yeah. he really knew, he really yeah. lived his life. 
Yes, he lived it to the fullest. And, you know, the funniest thing, of course, as he got older, he didn't change. He didn't reflect. He just said he didn't do enough. I mean, no man did what this guy did. I mean, artists could not keep up with him. I'll never forget it, a Skid Row show when they started drinking after the show. I mean, he took a bottle of Jack Daniels and just pounded it himself <laughs> and was still standing up afterwards. How old is he so, at a Skid Row show? He had to be like in his 70s. He was in his, the first time we saw them, he was in his um, 60s, mid-60s. It didn't matter. 80 years old. I mean, I remember being at a Clive Davis Grammy dinner with him, and he was just drinking. He could barely walk. He had two canes because he had artificial hips put in. Right. Nothing slowed this guy. He came in with two dates, not one, two. And it was just then when I sat down next to him, he was all over me like an octopus. <laughs> now, so. uh, this is Dorothy Carvello. Her book is called Anything for a Hit. It's about her time in the music industry. There's some really great stories that we've read. Uh, what was the first band that you did? You, were you discovering Vans first? Yes. Well, Skid Row was the first band that I helped sign at Atlantic with another A&R person named Jason Flom. He had heard about yeah. them. They were managed by Doc McGee, and they were already in talks with the label uh, Geffen. And we tried to steal them away. And the way that we got them was we bought Amit and to close the deal. And he started partying with them and <laughs> just, you know, got into the whole thing. And they wanted to be on Atlantic and then signed with us and, you know, eventually went on to sell millions of records and have a pretty good career. That's, um, that's so funny. Of course they broke up. That, yeah. It's funny because yeah. uh, Scotty Hill is a, is a good friend of ours. And I think they're oh, going to be okay. on the show in a couple of weeks. I can't wait to bring all this up. Be like, Are you tell yeah, you? bring it up. Yeah. Snake will tell you everything. I mean, he'll tell you the whole incident. And the first time we went to go see them was in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And that's the first time Ahmed ever grabbed me. You know, I I, I don't know if I could tell <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> I had to dump that yeah. one. I thought you were going to say ass, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he, went for the he, went, he went for the Trump is what he did. Yeah. He, he gave yeah, me the Trump move. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah, hilarious. No, he made Trump, but Trump is the beginner. He invented that. And you could ask Snake about that. Yeah, um, Skid Row. They all know that story. Let me ask and you a question about Skid Row. Yeah, Skid so. Row. Okay, I, I, in my opinion, now all these bands that hated each other get back together because they realize we're not rich anymore, and they, there's sure. a chance. But Skid Row <laughs> refuses to do that. They must hate Sebastian Bach so much that they refuse. They'd rather be poor than do a tour with him. Well, you know, I think. I think, I, I guess, I just think, you know, Sebastian was very difficult and they had a lot of, a lot of bitterness there. And it's a shame because, you know, the fans are the ones that miss out. They like to see the original, which everybody does, the original bands. But, yeah. you know, it's not easy. Being in a band is worse than being married. Sebastian was no picnic, I'll tell you that. When, when, were you um, married? When did you get married? Um, I'm d happily divorced for almost 30 years. Were you Were you married? Okay, so were you married yeah, during I this time? Somebody in the company. I got married to somebody I met, um, and he came to work for the company. So that didn't work out that that well. 
uh, you know, two people working together in the same company, competing, yeah. signing bands and stuff. You know, we had a competitive marriage. And um, yes, I actually punched my husband in the face at the company uh, <laughs> and was disciplined uh, by the uh, president of the company. Yeah, so um, that matters quite. Yeah, yeah, guys don't really like getting punched in the face. I learned that one. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, now uh, this is Dorothy Carvello. Her book is called <laughs> Anything for a Hit. It, great stories about her time in the music industry. Now, I, the money that these record companies have is insane, oh. and I'm talking about from the radio end of it. So, do you know Danny Bush? I worked with Danny Bush at Atlantic, yes. Danny liked the party, boy. Danny, <laughs> uh, I have done yeah. radio party, parties, like conventions and stuff, and Danny Bush yeah. would be like, I got the whole suite set up. Take it. There's all the alcohol you want. I mean, the, the money that re- that record companies poured into radio back then was fantastic. It was fun it was, for everybody. It was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I remember working at Relativity Records, which was primarily a rap label, and they bought some radio station a van. <laughs> The radio station needed a van, so they bought that. Um, at the WIA conventions, which were part of Atlantic, when I did my book, I interviewed one of the sales guys, and he personally had to, he was in charge of all the hookers, $29,000 for prostitutes at a WIA convention. Oh, man. In cash. Oh, in cash. of course. Of course. So that means every single man got laid. Uh, you so, know, at the convention, what the guy who the uh, mayor, the governor of New York, right? Wasn't it with the guy? What was it, Elliot uh, Spitzer? He's the one who screwed oh, all that up. Spitzer. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, yeah, he's the one that uh, he, yeah, he exposed. Well, it was like a little payola scandal, but the record companies just paid a fine and life went back to normal. Yeah, yeah but it was happened, it but, wasn't always the same yeah. though. It was there were I mean. There were, I was I would tell these kids stories all the time that uh, when I first started in radio in the early '90s, I worked for two years without a pay schedule. I would just every once in a while get envelopes of cash, and sometimes it would be three hundred dollars, and sometimes it would be two thousand dollars. That's the truth. I mean, I was I literally was just handed envelopes of cash, and depending on how well they were sure. doing, and they were, and I've had I've had to go to. Um, I've gotten laptops from record companies before. I, I need a laptop. All right, let me make some phone calls, and then I'll get one from Sony Records. A laptop will show up at my house. Those were the good old days for us. Yeah, yeah, no. Look, my ex-husband was in radio promotion, so, you know, mm. he was gone a lot all over the country. And, no, absolutely, you had to take care of those guys because radio was what broke. That was the primary tool to break an act. Who, so if you who? didn't get radio, you were dead. Who are some of the other acts that you uh, that you discovered or, or helped launch? Um, Tara Kemp was a dance act. Uh, Shante Savage, another dance and R&B act. Um, you know, I worked when you're in A&R, you're either signing, but you can't sign acts all the time because it's just impossible to have that many um, artists signed. You know, then you yeah. got to find songs. I worked with Tori Amos a little bit. Um, Let me ask you this from the know, other end of it. If you're a band, if you're a band mm-hmm. now, what is the best way for you to get a record company's attention? I remember Tom Petty saying when they decided they were going to do the band, they just moved to L.A. and then they started walking into record companies and they thought they were just going to hand over their tape and get a record deal. Like They're like, all right, we're here. But if you're a band now, what is the best way to get well, uh, a record company's attention? 
The big through putting your product out yourself through streaming service. Yeah, now. You know, and that's the reality. It's a different ballgame. What do you really need a record company for? If you if you take putting your record out like on Spotify and you break down the numbers in terms of what you're going to make and then you put a record company, what piece of the pie they take, um, you know, they don't really do too much for you anymore, record companies, until you start to get, uh, you know, momentum, and then you have to do cut them in on your merchandising, your touring. You know, it, yeah. it, there's no way to hide anymore because physical product isn't around. So you know, there's less of a profit margin. Look, I'm 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 about to get on a flight here in about two hours, and I'm going to take this book with me. I can't wait to read it. The book is called Anything oh, for well, a Hit. Enjoy it. Oh, I will. Enjoy I absolutely it. will. They, they, you'll you'll laugh your ass off, I guarantee, <laughs> and. Um, it, pretty funny when you see a woman doing this kind of stuff and that's what i had to do was be part of the boys back then because there was no mold you it's know interesting. For women in the workplace it's interesting that you're not i mean i'm glad you seem like oh did you grow up in new york yes i'm so, from brooklyn new york and all my family lives in tampa oh that's funny <laughs> i'm from Staten island so all so all, <laughs> all but you see today with this whole me too thing is that a lot of these people are are bitter and complaining? You don't you don't come from that angle at all. You don't seem like you're. I mean, obviously no, you probably I'm not complaining. Obviously, I contributed to the enabling of men. It was a different time, you know. When I did complain, you know, they're like, "There's the door, leave." <laughs> I wanted to do this desperately, and that's you know, and that's why I called the book anything for a hit. I would do anything. It's a great business. The music business is a fantastic business. And the truth is, everybody wants to be in it. It's a fun business. It's a creative business. Um, so it isn't a question of, you know, I got screwed out of that or this guy did this. You know, it's all, we all have to learn how to work together. If we're going to start locking up men and start locking up women, you know, then who's going to be around? Nobody. You know, we all have thoughts that, yeah, look, I was married, I really was into another guy at the time. You know, these things happen in yeah. the workplace. So we have to figure out how do we, you know, deal with them properly and just make sure that people are respectful and, you know. You ever, make, a, you ever make sweet love to the to the band guys? No. That's... No, I did, have an, I did have an affair with Michael Hutchins. Oh, that's a good one. He was good looking. Oh, my God. He was the most good-looking man I ever saw. I almost died. My boss hooked me up with that. But in those days, that's what people would do. they just pimp you right out if you, you know. So I went for it. I yeah. figured I'm not a model, but I'll, I'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might be the coolest lady <laughs> yeah. ever. Uh, did you ever think back then that uh, Jason Flom would go on to work with all the wrongfully convicted and doing all the stuff that he's doing now? Yeah, you know, Jason is a sweet guy and and a compassionate guy. So, I, you know, it's not a far stretch. He always helped everybody. We used to share an office together. Um, you know, he was my best friend at the time. So he always helped everybody. And believe me, we had a stream of people. It was like the Statue of Liberty. Give me a tired, you're poor, you're hungry. So, you know, we always try to help everybody. So it's, that's in his nature. It's funny because I listened to his podcast about that, and then he popped up in the Twisted Sister uh, documentary, and I was like, hey, I didn't know I didn't know his background. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a very big A&R guy, and I write about him in the book as well. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Him. The book is called Anything right. for a Hit, Dorothy Carvello. Uh, I'm going to check it out today, man. That's great. And I'm telling you, hey, you. I got, a lot of times we get the advance on something, on a story, and then we talk to the, 
author or whoever's involved, and they're like, oh, that stinks. It didn't live up to the hype. This is great. I have a feeling there's more stuff in the book than we even imagined. Dorothy, good luck to you with the book. It sounds fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and I'll come visit you when I'm down in St. Pete. Yeah, I got to tell you, if you do come down here, please contact us because you're the kind of person we could bring in the studio and talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Thank right. you so much for having me. Nice Mike. talking Take to you. Care. Thank you. I'll tell you Bye. What a great attitude. That's, yeah, that's awesome. what you want. Yeah, because you do not hear that a lot. Yeah, that was the way it yeah. was. And uh, it was I wanted the job and I did whatever it took and whatever. And it was a different time. Uh, I have this whole theory with uh, with women. You know, guys are always like our mission is to bang as many girls as possible. Then if a girl bangs one of five guys, you're like whore. I don't believe that at all. Especially in this case, if you're a girl and you have the opportunity to bang a famous guy, bang away. We would right? all jump at that. Yeah. We jump at a C-level famous person just to <laughs> say we banged a famous person. And Michael Hutchins from NXS, when he was uh, at the top of his game, he was good looking. He was like he exuded sex, and uh, all his songs were good in the '80s. I mean, that's a that's a good get to get. I like yeah. her a lot, man. Yeah, I love she's that fun. Right here. All right, cool. Let us take a quick break. Again, the book is called Anything for a Hit. Dorothy Carvello, and it's about her time as an A&R person in the record industry. And like, see, when I said Danny Bush, she was like, oh, man, he knows. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good stuff. Uh, it's a Mike Caldas show. We'll be back. It's 1025 The Bone. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.